This is Sarah Elizabeth, and you're listening to Front Porch Radio in Columbia, Tennessee, 101.7 WKOM. Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Parks Motor Sales was founded by my granddad, Bobby Parks, and my great-granddad, Julian Mays, in 1958. We've been family-owned the whole time, and being family-owned, locally-owned, means you get to get your next vehicle or your existing vehicle serviced by the same people who stand in the grocery line with you, drop their kids off at the same school you do, and smile and are happy to see you when they do. So come see us at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee on 919 Nashville Highway or ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter. Like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning. Built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. Are you new to Murray County? We want to welcome you and your family. We are a local residential garbage service, and we want to be your garbage man. We've been around for over 30 years, so we have a reputation. Check us out at garbagemaninc.com or call Mike at 931-540-0919. You could also ask your neighbor. 931-540-0919. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job at Fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today, 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. 
Quick Mart convenience stores conveniently located all across southern middle Tennessee and north Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Farmer Johnny here, Taylor Family Farm. I'm going to give you all a little look-see. We raise 100% non-GMO grass-fed beef, pasture chicken, and pork on our family farm. Everything that we grow is raised with love and care to ensure the highest quality and nutrition for our family and customers. You can shop online at taylorfamilyfarmtn.com or visit our farm store in person at Etheridge, Tennessee at 301 Dave Reisner Road. That's taylorfamilyfarmtn.com for more information. Bring in the new year with Rubik's Groove, your outside-of-the-box, totally 80s, 90s, and aughts dance party band. Go to themulehouse.com for more information and tickets. This is Clayton Harris, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM Columbia. You do, be ready to roll. When you got a Hall of Famer sitting next to you in the great John Adams, maybe not literally, but figuratively, always be ready to roll. Always be ready to roll. Always be ready to roll. And we're rolling with you on a Thursday TGMD's in the house as well. Brian Hartman making it happen. Schedule reveal last night. We jumped on as soon as the schedule was revealed. And I told John Adams that last night that we were jumping on. And John, your reply when I told you we were jumping on to do a special emergency Garza Law uh, special broadcast. Your reply to that was? I'm paraphrasing here, but like. I mean, what's, why are you doing that? He goes, I mean, hey, Matt, he goes. looking for extra work or He what? goes, why? Dixon. Adams goes, why? Like that. Like very dismissively. <laughs> as, we're, as we're live today on your, on your uh, Tony Basilio show, John Adams of the Knoxville New Sentinel joins. John, your first blush column you wrote today at KNS that's a um, on its face I mean these things from 10,000 feet always look either easier or harder than they are depending on your perspective right but that looks like a pretty navigable schedule for Tennessee for year one in this league yeah I thought it was very much like the 2023 schedule You've got Alabama and Georgia, two powerhouses competing for a national championship. They'll be doing that again. And you add Oklahoma, which is 10-2 and two right now. Uh, but is will Oklahoma be much different than what Missouri was last season? I mean, this past season, 2023, uh, nobody saw Missouri coming. It's a top-10 team, 10-2. and two. I don't expect Oklahoma to be that much different. Um so that to me, those are the big three. Uh, win, win one of those, just one of those, and then win the rest of your games. All of which Tennessee will be favored in. I'm pretty sure on that. Uh, and you're competing for college playoff berth. Matt Dixon, now that you've had a chance to cogitate uh, after that release, uh, some uh, 14 hours ago, your thoughts. Um, I kind of have the same stuff I did last night. Um, there's, there's, there's path, there's a path there. It's not the, the most challenging schedule you can have. Um, shout out to Florida for that. 
Wow. Um, but you know, we, we mentioned the bye weeks kind of come at, a, at, a, at good spots. The the weirdness of the the four conference home games kind of bunched in the middle, and then the you know the road games, the two road games on the beginning and end. If you want to count Vandy as a road game, it's more neutral site than anything. But you know, it's it's going to be a real challenge in this league just going forward with Oklahoma and Texas. And this first year, it'll be interesting to see kind of what happens. There'll be some little things that happen that we haven't thought about right now that just kind of happen in the moment that we were like, hey, I, I'm surprised that the scheduling that this happened or, you know, just little little things that it'll be to, to, that you have to navigate throughout the year that, again, I, I think at the end of the day with the 12-team playoff coming in, that 9-3, and 10-2 and two window is kind of where most teams will want to be at at the end of the season. And I, I don't, you know, I said last night, I don't think nine and three gets you in the playoffs, but I do think 10 and two does. And that's ultimately what the goals are now uh, with the 12 team playoff. And then we have, and we have all off season to get into this, but in your own mind, it's like telling somebody how to think. I'm not here to do that. We all have to put what we feel like is a fair expectation coming into Josh Heupel's fourth year, a lot of that is going to depend on, because right now it looks like you're going to get 80% of your offensive line back, which would be just a wonderful outcome from what it looked like several weeks ago. You probably ought to thank your lucky stars that Campbell did not get, was not hearing the type of things from the NFL that he wanted to hear. Uh, maybe uh, the Mays kid, who's a wonderful player, is a little undersized for the pro level. Not saying he couldn't make it there, but, you know, Mincy is a pretty good college player, but probably not a pro prospect. Same with Spragans. You know, that 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 Tennessee's thread of the needle there, um, either by design or just by pure luck, but at any rate, Matt said you got to give the Vols a lot of credit for the way they've played so far the transfer portal because they haven't really been loud with guys coming out of it yet, but they've been loud in terms of keeping key players from getting in it. The Pierces, uh, we we know for a fact that Pierce has been a couple of big-time programs have made a run at him. We talked about that. The running back from down there in Louisiana, Tennessee's kept him out of the portal. But in terms of getting guys out, in terms of getting guys on campus, uh, it's been pretty quiet so far. John, are you surprised from your perch and your sources and all this just at how quiet the portal's been? From a Tennessee perspective, yes. Um, I think it's so important to be aggressive in the portal, and I think it's very important to act quickly. (laughs) You know... You don't want to rush it too much, but I think I think you're better off uh, being a little trigger happy than than sitting back too long. I just think ha- I believe things happen very quickly in the portal, and oftentimes when a player enters the portal, he already has a pretty good idea where he's going. I just think you look at I think it was crucial that Tennessee's offensive line could come back most yeah. of it, four yep. fifths of it, yep. and then you had the defensive. I think the defensive line, with the exception of Tyler Byron, could come back intact. 
uh, that would be uh, those would be really good gets for Tennessee. But there's some, I mean, there's a lot of uh, openings here where where Tennessee needs uh, guys. It needs a big play wide receiver. Needs tight ends. Uh, secondary. Um, do you really want to count on what's left on the roster to fill those spots? I don't know how good some of these younger guys are, but you look at what hap- what's happening elsewhere, and you see a lot of teams filling holes and a lot of teams bringing in uh, a few big-time players, particularly with quarterbacks, and that's not a need for Tennessee, really. Right. But but it, it's the fact that you, you look at Kentucky uh, – one of the one of the ones that puzzled me the most was uh, Rocket Sanders of Arkansas, mm-hmm. and you never know what goes into these things. Right? I mean, what you know? Uh, but why would uh, he go to South Carolina? Do you want to do you want to run behind that offensive line, the one we saw last year? Um, Could he help Tennessee? Your, do you feel like huh? would he be? Let's say Wright goes, Smalls, Small, both those guys, you lose them off for next year. Could he help Tennessee? You think a Rocket Sanders could help Tennessee, John? Oh, so much. I mean, that to me would be a big get. He's had re- he's had uh, injury issues, mm-hmm. but that's a chance you take with any running back, right? Um, so you would, and not only would he be a good addition, he would be a really nice compliment, a really nice change of pace to what Dylan Sampson can give you. Sampson's a speed guy who also can break tackles. Uh, uh, Sanders is a much bigger guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he goes about 240, but he also, you see him get in the secondary, he can run away from people. He's nicknamed Rocket for a reason. So, uh, yeah, that would have been, a, to me, a great get uh, if if Tennessee could have gotten him. In. But I just, I mean, don't you a lot of times find yourself shaking your head at like, well, why did that player go there? I, I do. Well, yeah. Except when you think about short-term, long-term. Do you want to win or do you want to go to the place that has the most money? Because South Carolina is at a point right now where they've got to have a ton of money to spend because they can't gain by take their money. And they've had a bunch of guys, again, for the second straight year, bleed out of their program. Matt, like a Rocket Sanders, could he help Tennessee, do you think? Uh, next year, ab- absolutely. I think when, when healthy, he's one of the, the better running backs, not just in the SEC, but in the country. Um, as John said, he's, he's got really good speed for his size, um, has some health issues. But you know, I, I think we all expect um, Jalen Wright and Javari Small to, to move on. But yeah. I think if you if you bring in a, rock, a Rocket Sanders, I think that's a a decent chance you would lose Dylan Sampson. And yeah, I, you know, I don't know how you would kind of balance yep. that out. Yep. And that's what, so, yeah. it, you know, Rocket Sanders is probably a little bit better than Dylan Sampson. Um, but like, that's just, that's just one of those roster management, you know, questions you would have, you would have had to kind of answer for yourself as a staff internally. What's do, ra- yeah. Yeah. You know, do, do, do we want to pursue this guy? Knowing that it might cause this this guy that we really like and is going to be our starter in this bowl game to leave. Lane Kiffin is striking. There's word out there that Lane Kiffin is uh, already on Tyler Barron and also Tamarian McDonald. Which hey, I mean you know, Cinco thinks that some of these DBs are going to go elsewhere and are going to play better than they've played at Tennessee. He thinks that the philosophy here. 
Um, and the way these coaches teach these guys to not look back for balls sets these dudes up for failure and sets them up to look like dopes on the football field. <laughs> that would explain why. Uh, that would explain why Kiffin the last couple of days. There you go. Did. That would explain why. Did he buy any real estate? No, but I'll tell you what, John. He's navigating. Can we not just have like some staffer just hold Tyler Barron for like three months and not let him leave because he was held all season? He's ha- he's having the net. Na- he's um, a guy like Lane Kiffin, I think, John, even though he's at a carp type program, they're going to have to bottom feed to some extent. I think a guy like him with his intelligence and acumen just in terms of the his football savvy we saw that when he was here in his brief time he's very resourceful he got a kid from um southern cal to come in uh, after he um no uh, i'm mixing my metaphors anyway he was pretty good during his time here and he was going to put together good recruiting classes i wonder you know watching him operate at Ole miss with their limited budget what he could do at a place like this if you turned him loose in the transfer portal with Spire's money. Oh, I think he would be really dangerous. I, yeah. I also think he could do really well at Florida. I agree with that. And that's a that's a job opening you got to start thinking about. I mean, it's not open, but yeah. when it does come open, I mean, let's face it. Uh, does anybody really think uh, Billy Napier will survive next season? We were looking at that uh, schedule for them last night live. Uh, and just considering and, and imagining the impact, and I just don't think it's going to be very pretty uh, for them next year unless they pull some irons out of the fire here in the portal, which anything's possible. Or um, they have one of the great freshman classes maybe of all time of immediate contributors because those people just don't exist on their roster right now. Now Maybe they appear. Maybe they have an apparition or a, you know, like some kind of, great awakening that that rises up from the phoenix but we'll get into all that 865-200-5402 also this story about and and i want to get into this as well and by the way john adams presented by our friends jennifer morris over at keller williams she is our friend and Jennifer wants to impress upon you one thing. You know, the holiday season's upon us, and you know, you got the winter and all that stuff. People go, oh, man, you know, this isn't the time to sell a home. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. First of all, the market remains excellent. Secondly, the damn Yankees continue to come. Thirdly, uh, as our invasion continues to happen, as people try to – people are just sick of being uh, hit with onerous taxes, you know, waking up every day in the yoke of slavery – to their uh, local municipalities. Uh, when I talk to my friends in Pennsylvania, you wouldn't believe the tax rates. I mean, you just wouldn't believe it. I mean, if I, I could sit here and tell you about it, and I don't want to bore you, but the bottom line is this. People that are looking to buy homes right now are looking to buy homes, and it's for real. And you're not going to get people out there wasting your time. Plus, if you're a first-time buyer, or maybe you haven't gone through the process in a while, maybe you want to downsize, upsize, whatever you want to do, Give Jennifer a look her up over at her website at nextmovesmokymountains.com. She's going to take care of you. And if you're renting right now and you want to buy or you want to look at the market, hey, what's out there for me? She'll walk you through it. Um, 
her advice to you is you definitely want to pay your own mortgage instead of somebody else's. And the bottom line with her is you're dealing with a Fountain City gal. You're dealing with a Living Vol fan. She's a sports person, so she talks our language. Uh, John loves the fact that she's a dog person. She's extremely sports-minded, though. She's very cool. I mean, just a very, very, very down-to-earth, chill person. NextMoveSmokyMountains.com. NextMoveSmokyMountains.com is her website. So... Yesterday, there's a 15-day window now because this is what we, you know, we have windows all over major college sports now. And a judge yesterday has given a stay to several NCAA athletes who can now transfer more than one time. There are several basketball players affected by this on the front end. But does that, do any of us listening think... Because the, the courts are going to revisit this now in 15 days after this 15-day window. John, inevitably, are we going to have free agency round the clock for these kids where they can transfer more than one time? Or will the court of law allow the NCA to hold on to you only get one transfer per, per person per career? How's this thing going to go in your alleged mind? Alleged uh, <laughs> mind. Uh, <laughs> you're a funny guy, Tony. Thanks. Uh, check, uh, yeah, check the NCAA rec- NCAA's recent history in court. <laughs> it's not, it's not faring well. No. And it won't fare well in the future. These mm. kind of matters. The, NCAA, no. the courts kind of go with individuals. So, yeah, we're going to have, I mean, we think it's chaotic now. It's only going to get more chaotic. And, and, yeah, I can see – I've been surprised at how, how many guys have already transferred uh, a second time. I mean, you've got the graduate transfer possibility. Yes. You, you've got the one-year deal. Then you've got uh, a hardship transfer mm-hmm. that has been interpreted very liberally, and I think that's because the NCA knows where this is headed. Yes. So it, it's not – it's not being a taskmaster on these uh, hardship transfers. So I think that's where we're headed, and, and you could have guys. Eventually, it could be you can transfer anytime you want to. It doesn't matter how many times. And here's my point. I, I think on its face, it's, it's, it's very chic to say the sky is falling. It seems to me... That if you're going to transfer more than once, you're pretty unserious about what you're doing. <laughs> In other words, pick a place, go play your sport, go to a few classes if that's what you want to do. A lot of these people don't go to class, but let's just say they, you know, you're going to work toward a degree, and that's what you know. You're one of the minority that's going to. I mean, no, I mean, no offense, but in the in the revenue well, generating sports, you know, let's say you're, um, uh, what percentage, Matt? What percentage of those guys in the revenue generating sports are really working toward a degree? Now I'm being serious here. Forty five, fifty, maybe, maybe. Um, I if you if you want to say fifty, then yeah, that would okay. be a generous number. It, right. I, I would like to think it's at least fifty. But I would love to think it's seventy five in a perfect world. I'd, I'd say it. I'd say it's about forty or okay. less. There you go. So so we're all going to keep it real here. And John's only been around this forty five years. I mean, what does he know? 
So here's the deal. And I'm not saying, you know, that athletes are dummies because a lot of these guys eventually will go back and get their degrees once they realize, hey, I need to go back and get my degree, which is great. But, but when you're that but age, you, go ahead. Well, you, you get a degree for a, a reason. That's right. To help you make a, a, a living. A, a degree isn't to be all and end all. No, it is not. Not at all. You don't not need today. a degree to do a lot of jobs. Not so today. Not today you infatuation, don't. Yeah, this infatuation with... Uh, with a degree is very often overstated, and it will cost you a lot of money. It's a huge yes. Uh, it's a huge financial investment. Yes. And how uh, many people do we know that are like overschooled that can't get out of their own way? And how many people do we know that don't have a degree that are some of the sharpest people you know? I mean, so, yeah, just, so that, that's the other side thinking, of that deal. I'm thinking about that. Some people I know that can't get out of their own way. I just but, thought but, of a couple. I won't name. I know. Them I'm here, not gonna but, name any names. But here's the deal. My thing is, on its face, you know, oh, man, it's total anarchy. If you're playing at more than one school, okay, and you haven't played like five or six years, let's say you go to your third school, to me, you're a goofball, and you're borderline not worth dealing with. Am I wrong, y'all, in saying that? I mean, to me, you well, get the one transfer, okay, fine. Two transfers, three transfers. Um, yeah. Good, Brian. Players on their third school actually become like a great player. And that's the point. That you know of. Well, how many okay. of those guys are goofballs? I can think of one. Good. Not a great player, but a solid player. JT Daniels, the much traveled quarterback. Oh, who he was horrible. Many, many years ago. Oh, horrible. Uh, signed with Southern California as oh, a five star quarterback. Horrible. Horrible at South Carolina. Horrible at Georgia. What? Horrible at West Virginia. Where did he just finish? He wasn't horrible. He was Check horrible his stats. where he just he, finished. He did well. He led Rice, Rice to a bowl game. Oh, Rice. Man. I mean, are we kidding? Rice to a bowl game. <laughs> Yeah, rise to the ball. Do you make a difference for kick for quarterbacks? I mean, my he, gosh, he's already supposedly. Uh, I've heard this that he's petitioning the NCA for tenth year. Please and please, JT Daniels, please petition. We we all want to see and come to the he, SEC. What conference he's, hasn't he played in? He's. He started for Georgia that first game, their national championship year, when they played Clemson, didn't he? He was their starting. He did. That's a true. There's a trivia question in 20 years. Yes. So he led Georgia to a national, national championship, championship, and yeah, he and led Tony's Rice just dismissing him. Yeah, led mm -hmm. Rice to a bowl game, and I'm not sure where he led USC, but also anyway, John. So I, the next I think that yeah. I think those, but that's the exception. One more. I, I think yeah. there will be some exceptions where things happen. You transfer to school, and then some some kind of superior already suddenly shows up that you didn't know about and beats you out for the position. So those things can happen. But you're right. A lot of these games, it's the same way with a high school level. Exactly. If you How go to multiple the, schools, you are a maroon. If you're a three-school guy, I don't want you in my program. You, unless your dad has moved and your family – has moved three times. You're a moron, and you need to stay where you are. I don't want to fool do the, with you. Do those people just live out of an RV? They never work. What's the pal guy's name, Matt? The the the, the pal guy. Uh, I mean, this guy brought a suitcase to these uh, high schools and these campuses. Walter Nolan. Well, the the pal guy that played for the Vols played for four different high schools. Went to Auburn oh, his freshman Powell, year. Yeah. 
came here, yeah. went to Washington State, and I think he's on to another place unless he's still out there, which might be a miracle. If he's, if he's out there two years later, I mean, <laughs> this freaking guy is a vagabond. Wanderlust. Tony, what do you think? What do you guys and he think blows. would be a record for starting as a freshman in high school? Yes. Go through your college career. What would you think would be a high water mark? Set a record for college fo- for high school and college football. Most schools played for it. Could you do? Would six be a fair number? Pal's Could eight. Pal seven or eight. Because he went to four or five high schools. So you and then go he went to four to high and he schools. Came here and he came and you here. you go to say, let's say three college. So, so seven, he's at or, seven. Seven or eight. Yeah, he's yeah. at seven. Pal is. And he sucks, and that's the point. I mean, what did it hurt to let him transfer around? Because people go, oh, it's just total anarchy. Most serious athletes are not going to go to a third school. They might go to a second school. Serious athletes, okay, I go to this place. I made a mistake. I just want to put this on the front burner. The next thing, Joe Milton in the next 24 hours has to decide or is going to announce what he's going to do. John, what's he going to do? Tennessee's coaches have been encouraging him to get ready for the Senior Bowl, come on the trip, be on the sidelines, hang out with us, come down there and be with your friends in Florida. What is he going to say that he's going to do? Because he's a wild card, John. I want a prediction. What do you think? Well, um, I don't know if this is what he will do, but I think it's in his best interest to play in that game. I think Joe Joe Milton had Why? a really good orange ball last year. I think he's Tony, not going to have a good this, bowl game against these guys, John. These guys can play defensively. He has any playmakers. Clemson was a pretty well, good defense last year. Jo- Brian, he's going to throw for 150 yards against these guys. Come on. What what Penn State's quarterback do against Iowa? Like 150 yards. I could find it. I, mean, I, I think it was like 31 to nothing. I just don't know how easy their touchdowns were. All right, let's I don't want to shortchange Iowa's defense. It's had a terrific year. But if you look at its schedule, so many of those those opponents have no offense. They're kind of in that uh, – they're not as bad as Iowa offensively, but just go, go through that schedule and see where they rank. I was looking at it. I mean, they're like six of them ranked in the hundreds nationally in total offense. So that's part of it. It's a good team. But here's the other thing, Tony. Yep. What if he does well against that defense? He's not. Look at it. You don't know that's that. That's what they're selling him. They're selling him, Joe. You need to get on with your life's work. Drew Aller was 25 of 37 for 166 yards against them, uh, Matt. Well, well. And he and he had four, but he had four touchdowns passing. To Matt's point, in a thirty-one nothing win, four touchdowns passing against Iowa. Joe okay. Milton's not gonna have four touchdowns passing. He had like six all year. How many touchdown passes did Joe Milton have all year? I'm being serious now. Twenty, fifteen. What's the number? I guess uh, eighteen. I don't know. Well, What's he had a lot of rushing touchdowns around the goal line. That's there you go. Changing him. That's there him. you go. So. Honestly, I mean, I would be fine with that just from a spectating standpoint. I want to see Nico play. That's a point. That's oh, what man, they want that would do. be really nice to see him play an entire game. So I'll ask you this, and I'm going to ask the listener this. If Milton announces he's coming back, what are you going to do if you're the Vols? How much practice time does Nico get? 
how many of the snaps does he get up leading up to the bowl game, and how much does Joe Milton play? Do you, if Joe Milton opts in, do you owe it to, you, to him that he plays three quarters of the game? John, what do you think? Well, here's the thing: Tennessee needs to about be serious about it. its goal. Should be winning this game. You want to finish, and you can finish in the top twenty. You get a nine-win yep. season, yep. which is the second best, highest. Uh, the illustrious Butch Jones for the second best record for t- at Tennessee in what yep. the last uh, I don't know sixteen years. So also it gives you momentum from last year. It gives you back to back top twenty finishes. I think this is a significant game for Tennessee because all of a sudden if you lose this game, to me there's a big difference in nine and four and eight and five. Nine and four you're in the top twenty. Eight and five you're in Jeremy Pruitt land. That's what he did in his second season at Tennessee. I'm not sure how. I think the schedule helped. But so I think it's an important game. So you ask yourself, you ask yourself, I mean, if it was so important, yep. so important to give Nico playing time, Tennessee seemed totally disinterested in that idea all year. That wasn't even a factor. Let's get him ready for next. No, that wasn't. a So now you're playing Iowa, a good team. Uh, with a horrible offense, um, yeah, I would just do what is in your best interest to to win the game. What gives you the best chance to win the game? Um, Milton had 20 TD passes on the year. Aller had four in a game. That Aller guy's a horrible quarterback, by the way. Well, they have no weapons around them. <laughs> why? Um, why is he so highly rated? I, I, I don't know. Well, he has him. no. He had no receivers. I mean, if you saw Penn State play, they were just they like they me going out for passes. Uh, so Dixon, he's better than he looked. I think he is. I mean, we'll see. Matt, they don't even attempt to throw the ball downfield, John. What is your percentage, Matt, of of reps for Milton if he comes back? We're going to find out in the next 24, I would say, because they have to they have to know something. Go ahead, Matt. Well, if, if Milton is coming back and playing in the game, you treat him like he's the starting quarterback and you just d- do everything as normal. Why? Like, I don't. Because. That's because you want to win the game. You've got to score 10 points. What planet am I living on? The, the first to 10 wins. What are you guys kidding? It's Iowa. 10 points. Yeah, and Milton can get you that. Okay, <laughs> and then you let the kid play. Once I, well, you not, score, they won't do that until late in the game. Uh, once you Tony, score, why would get they change to twenty four? Yeah. Once yeah, you wh- score first, the game's over. Why would you? It's it's like sudden what death. Am I, what it's am like I? Death first team to score wins. Yes. What have I missed here? Iowa. Tony. Yes. Tony. Yes. Why would you change what you've done? You guys. All season? You guys. Nothing had a, has changed. You guys had a pre-production meeting, and said when Tony brings this quarterback thing up, which he will, because Tony has a one-track mind. Let's gaslight him. So go ahead and admit it. I want you all to admit it. When was the pre-production meeting behind my back? When did we do it? Now, Tony, we had a pre-production meeting and decide and got together to decide, let's chip in. What could we get Tony for Christmas? We discussed it for about 10 minutes and then decided uh, he really doesn't need anything. Ask me. Well, that's true. Ask me, guys, what Mike in Portland sent me when we continue on the other side, and then we'll get some calls in after this. This is Coach Devin Simler from Columbia Central Baseball. You are listening to 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee. Alert, alert! 
Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram has a huge announcement. We're expanding our service center to get you in and out quicker than ever. That's right, five new service bays to get your vehicle back on the road. Don't drive a Chrysler Dodge Jeep or Ram. It doesn't matter. Our certified technicians are trained to work on all makes or models. More service, less time. Only at Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. Family owned and operated. You can count on us. This is Dr. Dominic Mancini from the Dr. Gill Center. If your car was damaged in an auto accident, chances are you'd fix the car. Why wouldn't you give that same attention to yourself? Untreated whiplash injuries of the spinal column may lead to conditions such as headaches, numbness in the arms, neck and back pain. The doctors at the Dr. Gill Center specialize in detecting and treating such injuries from an auto accident. Accident consultations are free. Call me painfree.com or call 615-551-9224. In today's uncertain world, you can never be too careful about your family's financial future. That's why the Parker Group, a part of Baird's Private Wealth Management, is offering a free second opinion on your financial plans. Let us review your current plan, and we will identify any gaps and offer suggestions to improve it. Please call the Parker Group at 931-548-3737. That's 931-548-3737. Robert W. Baird and Company Incorporated does not offer tax or legal advice. Hi, Jimmy here for Columbia Ace Hardware. Columbia Ace Hardware now carries Magnolia Home by Joanna Gaines Paint. Now their premium quality and huge selection of colors will be right in your neighborhood. Along with the award-winning service and advice, Columbia Ace has always provided for your paint projects. Around the block, what you need in stock, with people who know their paint. Columbia Ace, the helpful place. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. Do you have trees that need trimming or removed? Do you have stumps that you want ground? A1 Tree Removal is a family-owned and operated business local to Columbia and Lewisburg and servicing surrounding Middle Tennessee. They are licensed and insured and provide free estimates. No job is too big. No tree is too small. Give old Luke a call or text Luke at 931-359-3113. Or you can check them out on Facebook and tell A1 Tree Removal that you heard this ad on the radio. If you love America, you will love A1 Tree Removal. Greetings, it's Rick from Tillis Jewelry. With Christmas just around the corner, we are here to make your gift giving a breeze. Starting December 4th, we are extending our store hours to better serve you. Find us open Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. and Saturdays, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Whether you're after something timeless or trendy, Tillis Jewelry in downtown Columbia is your holiday gift giving headquarters. Make this season extra special by visiting us during our extended hours. Tillis Jewelry, where holiday magic happens. See you soon. The generations that have paved the way for us deserve respect, integrity, and compassion. This is Kelly Dobson, owner of Caring Hearts Home Healthcare. My grandmother and mother started this business in 2005, and I was honored to take over in 2012. Licensed and insured, we help our aging community stay in the comfort of their own homes. Online at caringheartshomehealthcarellc.com, by phone 931-381-5470, or in person at 1121 Trawood Avenue here in Columbia. That's Caring Hearts Home Healthcare. 
Need a little extra cash for the holidays? From now until Christmas, Hiller Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electrical is giving you a $500 Visa gift card when you buy select new HVAC systems or receive a $250 gift card with a new tankless water heater. And upgrade now with monthly payments as low as $79. Visit happyhiller.com. Happy you'll be or the service is free. Call the Happy Face Truck today. Elevate your day at Old School Vapor. Check out our selection of disposables like Kato Bar, Viho, Raz, Lost Mary, Breeze, and more. Enjoy 35% off your entire e-liquid purchase and 20% off everything else. With every $20 Club 13 purchase, snag a chance to win a Rad Runner e-bike. And for Exodus lovers, every purchase gets you a ticket to win an Xbox Series S. Check us out at OldSchoolVapor.com. Debbie Matthews grew up and lives in beautiful Columbia, Tennessee. As a realtor, she is well-versed in homes, neighborhoods, development, and schools. She wants to share her love of her home state with others to help them find just the right place to raise a family, open a business, or develop a dream. From luxury listings to land, she can handle it all. She is the current leading producer, Nashville Realty Group. Contact Debbie Matthews Realtor at 615-476-3224. That's 615-476-3224. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern Middle Tennessee. WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. TB, back with you. These guys are having a great discussion here that I want to get right in the middle of. Malik Murphy entered the transfer portal yesterday. And Matt Dixon, the truth is, the way it's set up, Malik Murphy has to look like a bad guy, but he actually gave a statement to Texas fans clearing up why he's in the portal expound on that matt and how goofy this whole um whatever this thing is the way it all lays together it's just ridiculous what they've done here to these athletes yeah he's you know texas is backup quarterback i think he even started a game or two this year nice player um has a lot of potential i think he's a redshirt freshman yes he has to enter the portal and kind of you know leave leave the team before the playoffs and he said i don't want to do this i would like to be with my team through the playoffs but because of the way the calendar's set up, he has to enter the portal before the playoffs start, and go to and so he can be with a new team next year. And like I, I just think that's awful. Like that's that's terrible. He, should, he but, should be allowed to stay with the team. Like that should oh, that shouldn't happen. They shouldn't put kids in, in spots like that. Doesn't that epitomize the way the NCAA has handled this whole NIL deal? Why before you ever open the NIL NIL gates? Yep. Why didn't you have a plan in place, well thought out with input from a lot of people who will be dealing with and say, here will be the dates. Here's why this works, why that doesn't work. If you can select a college football playoff field, why couldn't you do that with NIL? It was like everybody said, okay, we got to have NIL. Let's do it. And no one thought ahead of the possibilities that it could occur. That's really bad for the game. Texas has a chance to win a national championship. But his backup court, its backup quarterback has to leave. This and I, you're exactly yeah. right. No, you, and, and what's sad is, is that the kids out there are saying, "Hey, man, I wish I could be with my teammates because we're going to play for a national championship." I put in all this work. Obviously, they give him a ring if they win. Uh, and you know, he played for him, and and they like him. To see the truth about 
that kid is. They like him, but he's in a spot where a guy is going to come back because it's a loaded quarterback class, and a guy is going to play the numbers uh, for next year and hope that he, uh, in Quinn Ewers, hopes that he can help his uh, draft stock uh, the following year to be a, a class of 2025 draft pick. That's unforeseen. Um, but uh, we'll go to the phones and get as many folks in here as humanly possible. Hello and welcome into our first call. Tony B. Hey, welcome in. Hey, Tony. It's Richard. Hey, buddy. Welcome in. Yes, uh, good, good conversation. Love it. <laughs> Actually, that's what I was kind of going to talk with you guys about, uh, um, knowing that what's come down, two things. One, first of all, is this transfer um, portal again, giving yeah. the opportunity to be able to leave and go to another school. And I, I'm like you, as you like said, how many of these kids really will take advantage or will be doing that? Um, you know, in the future, Tony, I think it's going to be more than we can say because I can see it now setting up to where one kid transfers, goes to school A, he has a really good year, and then another school comes and goes, I'll double your NIL if you'll come to me, and he can jump again. Because uh, it, it's Tony, it's getting ready to literally be turning. Who cares about uh, how faithful you are to a school anymore? It's, it's turning into where I can make the most money. Because in it, guess what? NFL only X percent of kids ever play in the NFL. Yep. What are my odds? And so I got to make everything I can make while I'm in college. And for a lot of these kids, that very few percentage of them play college football or professional football. At any level, CFL, USF, whatever the spring league is going to be called, um, the, the percentages are so little. To your point, Richard, if I can save enough money and just kind of live like a college student and save enough money to put a healthy down payment down on a house uh, there, Jennifer Morris, over at Keller Williams, uh, you know, that's wonderful. I mean, that's great money to start your life, you know, have a house okay. that's paid for. Well, how about this? This is yeah. what I heard yesterday yeah. coming down the pipeline, and it's very, very close to where this, the athletes are getting ready to get even more control, Tony, is that NIL is still going to be NIL, and it's going to be separate. But if the schools are going to start having to pay these players as, um, as you know, employees of their school. That yeah. is what I understand getting very, very close that these kids are going to get paid also by the university. And what's really and, stupid, Richard, is this is what they should have done five years ago, and we wouldn't be in this spot right now. This is what they should have done. They should have given the guys full benefits, made them employees. They didn't want to do it, and now they have a system of total anarchy that, like John said, you get in the courts, you have no chance uh, they've completely gotten away from who they are. And the NCAA, at the end of this, has zero control. The Danny Whites of the world have, and this drives Danny White nuts because he's a control freak. Anybody that's around that guy knows this. It drives him crazy that the Spire guys have more power than he does. They're interfacing with the big-time boosters more than he is. And and now even they even have come out and told some people, like the Brent Hubs of the world, hey, we got to shelve this next round of uh, expansion. They don't have the money because the money's gone to the kids. I mean, it's so dumb what they did. It's just so foolhardy. And it wasn't him that did it, by the way. But it's the system. It's it's the presidents. It's these people were asleep, Richard. Oh, absolutely. And and when the schools had to start paying Tony, 
um, they're going to have to pay every athlete that's on uh, in any sport at the University of Title Tennessee nine. or any school. That's right. Everybody's going to get paid. Yep. So the, what's going to be interesting then is who's going to set up the pay scale for all these. There, yep. there eventually is going to have to be a pay scale who yes. gets paid what and some control of it. But, yeah, the Pandora's box is opened, and, and we're not going to – I mean, just honestly – um, cop, big, it, it's it's moving into uh, major college sports, uh, and the major teams in the country are going to form their own leagues, and it's, that's the only way it's going to be able to survive is for it to almost be its own entity and its own business. Uh, um, and you know, I just it's it's crazy what the future holds. Thank you, Richard. The other the other possibility is this though: you bring these kids in like you should have. You acknowledge a union. You collective bargain with them. You do what the NBA has done and the NFL has done. You have a pay scale. This is what quarterbacks make. This is what running backs make. This is what wide receivers make. This is what women's basketball players make. This is what men's basketball players make. This is what baseball players. That's what they should have done anyway. That's but what they should have done. You're, when you do that, they're going to have NIL anyway. They can go to a pay scale, but that's not going to stop an athlete from making extra money on endorsements. That's exactly doing, right. Cutting commercials. That's right. And that but was the original opened, intent when, of NIL was that, but they but they saw the loophole well, and said this is a way to get guys paid. You're going to have some players that are more productive at their position, sure. want more money, and are be like, well, why can't I make more money since I've been more productive? And that's John's point. So there will be a base salary, and then this guy will be able to go negotiate his own stuff outside of it. They're going to cut these. Uh, now, you mark my words here. They're going to cut these collectives out of it. These ADs and these presidents, John, do not want those people interfacing with boosters. They, they want that money to go to them. But they can't cut them out. I mean, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. I mean, a player can have a he can have a financial advisor. Yes. Who's going to work with him and yes. who's going to help him get the best possible deals to capitalize on his name, image, and likeness. Even if they were paid employees, that would – Here's the other thing. Once you get into paid employees, okay, how much vacation time do you get? Are are you going to be treated like the other university paid employees? There's going to be a set scale for how much vacation time you get. How much sick leave are you going to get? I I, I think the employee, I don't like the employee idea at all. I would just rather have an open free market. You make what you can. Kind of like the old days when you did it under the table. But back, now it's above the table. Back to the phones we go. It's it's going to metastasize into something. But I do think Richard's right. They're going to try to cut these collectives out. That's what the head of the NCA was talking about a couple weeks ago. He wants NIL. They want to control the flow of the money. They do not want those people interfacing with the big money people that used to build my buildings. Because I'm an AD. But, and that's how, they, you know, that's how they judge me. How big my buildings are. But, Tony, again, they can't prevent athletes from going out on their own yeah. and signing an autograph and getting $100,000 for their autograph if they if somebody's silly enough to pay that. So they, but, they don't – that will be a, no. a little control, but it won't be total control. It will be almost like something extra. They're already going to have the NIL, and now they're going to make an employee too with benefits. Back. So it's still – yeah, that's an illusion of control. They don't. They won't have control, and the courts will never give them control anymore. Ever again. That's gone. Back to the phones we go. Hello and welcome in. Tony B, what's going on? It's Rod and Clarksville. Hey, Rod, how you doing, buddy? 
I'm doing pretty good. Did I hear correctly, uh, Tony? I think I'm on your side on this, that John and Matt implied that we're not going to beat Iowa without Joe Milton as quarterback? Uh, yes, that's correct. No, I we're just said what no. would be the best. What we, we were talking about, you play at quarterback, who gives you I, the best chance to win? That's what I heard. That's what I they heard. would beat yeah. Iowa with Gaston Moore at quarterback. Thank you, man. And they would beat Iowa with Nico as quarterback also. So what are y'all talking about? I'm saying what the coaches will do. I still say if ne- if Joe Milton comes back, they're going to start him in the bowl game and probably play him the entire game. So Bino said. There's no way they're not going to play him the entire Bino game. Bino said he's no. going to play three quarters of the game because that's what jo- – he said Josh Heupel's already shown you who he is, Tony. He said, I don't know what you – which is what you're saying, right, John? He's already shown you that's what he's going to do. That's yes, what, yeah. that, that's my whole point. Why didn't you play Nico meaningful snaps during the season? Yeah. That's that's not the way Tennessee's done it this year. So why would you change it for the bowl game? Mm. What difference does that make? Beach blanket bango is what John's saying. Well, on the flip side of this, John, yeah. I think, and I want you and Tony to uh, tell me what y'all think about this. I think since the first time since Butch Jones has been here during the off season, no one knows what is going on as far as the you know the portal and everything and what you know what's really going on on the inside. Usually by now, we would already know all the names and all the quote-unquote secrets. We don't know nothing. And for the first time, I'm really glad as a fan that we don't know what's going on. I like that. I love it. Well, I like to know, but they've done a really nice job of keeping their cards close to the vest. The The reason, Rod, generally the recruiting sites, okay, are a real asset to coaches. Let me explain to you what I mean. If I'm covering recruiting for a living, and and John, walk through this with me, okay? Because you remember the old days of the beat writer at the paper, and he would be like steeped in the recruiting. And like way back in the day, uh, Randy Moore and Jimmy Himes would compete with each other back in the 90s. And, you know, and these guys would really cover all this recruiting granularly and get, get down in this thing and, you know, fight over the scoops and all that stuff. So that's now done with the fan, you know, the the twenty four sevens, the Volquests of the world. Those people are the ones doing it now. They are a real advantage to coaching staffs to interface with them, to have two way dialogue, because those people can have a lot more dialogue throughout the year with said prospects. However, when I get to the transfer portal, I don't need those people if I'm a coach. I don't exactly. need you to know who I'm chasing. In exactly. fact, you're going to get in the way. You you become you almost become an impediment to me uh, because it's in my best interest to share a few things with you, sure, but I'm going to keep most of that information close to the vest and I'm going to operate in the dark because exactly. the, the way we're finding out about which kids are involved, where, because my source, my people aren't telling me anything, okay, but we get it off social media. Hey, I got a, um, I got, I'm visiting Knoxville this weekend, or I got an offer from like some kid at Villanova, some defense. I got an offer from the Vols. John, it's interesting that the flow of information on this transfer market seems to have really slowed down versus out of the prep school market when these sites can really help these coaches. Your thoughts on that? You think that's an interesting observation? 
Oh, very much so. I, I think those uh, the recruiting sites are uh, sort of an, it can be sort of an extension of the uh, coaching staff. It's uh, yeah. th- it's in their mutual interest. Uh, the recruiting site gets information. Uh, the coaches can dole out information. The recruiting sites can serve as sort of an intermediary, uh, a liaison, if you will. Uh, so yeah, it's beneficial to both. I think what's really interesting about what we've been discussing this day. Uh, on the show is remember when recruiting used to be such a big deal. Yep. Recruiting signing dates coming up. Yes. And nobody's talking about it. Nope. Nope. And why? Yeah. For for one, why are they having the thing on December 20 rod? Why is it not back? And especially with the transfer portal, it belongs now in February now more than ever. It does. It doesn't make any sense. It does not. It, First of all, it was dumb to put it there to begin with. Secondly, right. now it's really stupid. Can somebody tell me a good reason why signing day is December 20th instead of February whatever, 5th? I don't know, Tony. I don't know. It makes no but sense. I can tell, tell you one good thing, Tony. Yeah. One good thing on the way out. On the way yes. out. Yes. One good thing that, I'm, that I know that is happening is Rodney Gardner's phone is blowing up on the backside without no one knowing of all these other defensive linemen that want to come play for him. Go Vols. I agree with that. He's got a great track record. Incredible. Uh, my understanding is, uh, John, Walter Nolan contacted his people, contact Tennessee last year, and he wanted a big amount of money. And Ronnie Garner hates giving these guys tons of money because he's kind of got this old school thing, which is come on my campus and then we'll reward you, which is what what it used to be back in the day. Not, hey, you signed for a big amount of money and then, and basically he conveyed to their to those people, I've got several guys that have made king's livings in the NFL that I've developed, several. I've got a whole book full of them and you can be one of them, but we're not going to kiss your tail on the front end and I'm not gung-ho about paying you a ton of money to get you here, which is really Tony, an interesting thing. He he probably, as well as any position coach in, in college football, has done a terrific job of developing relationships with players. And those re- relationships stay, often stand this, uh, the test of time. Even after they no longer play for Rodney Garner, they maintain a relationship. Uh, so, yeah... But see, I don't think people, players and families, not just the players, it's the families a lot of time, they see this money out there and they want to grab it. They're not thinking about what's in the best interest career-wise. That Rodney Garner can do as much as any defensive line coach in preparing you for an NFL career. But they but they aren't thinking about that. Yes. They want that money right now. And I can understand that side of it, but it's sometimes... If you could be a little patient, and I don't know, it, a lot of it depends on the situation of, of the different families as to what their needs are. And maybe some are really in poor shape financially and need that money. Understand that. But I'm just saying it's if you look at it as a long-term investment, we just were talking about it's a long shot to play in the NFL. And if you make the NFL – you want to make it long enough to get that pension. That's right. And what gives you – because that outweighs any any uh, immediate cash you get 
to yep. sign with a program or yep. transfer here. Yes. If you can get that, then you're set. And and what gives you the best chance to pull that off? Maybe it's playing for a coach with a great track record for putting guys in the NFL and keeping them there. And that was his that was what they conveyed to those people last year, which is look, you want short term money, you go with short term money. You do that all you want. <sighs> You want, you want long term. I'll set you up for that. And a Nolan guy would be really smart to come here for a below market deal. Because last year he wanted my, Matt. Did Tennessee stick with him last year? Because I really believe that. I think they could have gotten him if they would have wanted him. Or, do, or do you agree with the the, the the philosophy here? And then one other thing I'll enter the conversation. We're talking about the finances of all this stuff. Watson Brown said something really interesting yesterday. Tennessee's involved with several one double A. Um, I call them one double A. The football champion chat time division. But John, what do you? I call it one double A. John, what do you call it? I just said to me that's what that is. It's what it's and, always. And I have be. to write it, so I've made that adjustment in my mind. It took a few <laughs> years, but I eventually went to okay. FCS and FBS. Tennessee is involved with several of those guys. Watson Brown said, Tony, you guys maybe have thought about this, maybe you haven't. John, maybe you have, maybe you haven't. I didn't. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to repeat it here. You can get four or five of those guys out of that dis- designation for what Alabama played, paid Eli Ricks several years ago when he came over from LSU. Think about that. You get four or five bites at the apple now, a couple of these guys are all-American type players at their designation. And that, and Watson said, you know, Tony, he said, I'm going to tell you, when I coached Tennessee Tech, there were 10 guys. The difference in the levels of football, you're dealing with the same type of players. He said, now, they're a, little, they're a lot bigger, at, you know, in the lines at those schools. He said, but the truth is there's 8 to 10 guys on all, all those teams that could play for the group of five, for the, you know, that's why the really good teams, if you look at the power ratings, there are some one double A teams that are alive in the playoffs that are ranked more highly than some of these teams that made bowl games. And I believe that, by the way. I believe there are football players all over the place. What about the concept, John, that you can find these guys anywhere and you get five bites at the apple instead of one? I think that's an interesting thought. I do too. And again, I think it depends on your situation. Eli Ricks didn't work out well for Alabama. I thought it would at the time, but it didn't. If you're trying, if you think you're a couple of players away from winning a national championship or competing for one or making the playoff, then you go for those kind of guys. But if you're further away than that and you're trying to maintain your program, move up, get better, yeah, you can find good players in FCS. I think it's interesting how we take a school. Well, look at Tennessee's schedule. Yep. Tennessee played Austin P. Yep. Austin P looked better than a number of schools Tennessee played that are in the FBS. I mean, we give them those that we put those initials by a team's name and like, well, they're down, they're below. No, the best teams in FCS are better than the the lower rung of FBS. And and think about it this way: Would you rather get a tra- offensive transfer? From Iowa, are the top offense in F- FCS? 
I mean, think about it. You're exactly right. I saw a kid last week. It was a kick returner for one of those schools playing in that Friday night game up there in that dome, Bry. That kid's a Montana. hell of a player. Montana. Kid's, that kid's a hell of a player. Matt saw what I saw. That kid's a hell of a player. And and, and, and so. Furman, Furman beats them if he doesn't have two special teams. Two times. of them. And he was flying. And I don't care. That kind of speed, you can play on. You, you don't have to be a star, baby, to be in my show. Matt, you made a point about LSU last year. Where did and they he's get their, out of Montana? So where did they get their five DBs, Matt? Where did um, LSU uh, brought in five DBs and it didn't work out last year? Where'd they get them, Matt? Well, one one of them was an FCS transfer. Right. Um, one of them was a, a five star from Texas A and M, who I think is kind of a total head case. There you go. Yeah, and a problem. Um, I don't know where the uh, – but they brought in four or five DBs. They basically had a brand-new secondary last year. And they – granted, they had injuries kind of throughout the year everywhere, but it certainly didn't work out for their defense because they were they were just awful all well, year. Tennessee's in a spot where they got to plug a few holes because they know they've got some young kids that can play who we're going to see in this bowl game. And who knows? Uh, but what they need is they need experienced players to come in. And I think they've done a smart thing – by telling those guys have a good career because if those guys are there, we've already seen this. It kind of goes back to what Bino was saying about Joe Milton in this bowl game. If Joe Milton's there, he, we know our head coach is going to play him three and a half quarters. You just know he is. You just And if, if those veteran players, those same guys would have come back, you know damn right well that Tim Banks and the other dude were going to stick them out there and play them one let's run it back one more time hour two on the ray when we continue hold the calls we've got a guest that's going to join us from the on three network regarding nc state now tennessee plays them in basketball plus we got the schedule reveal last night we know where they are on the schedule now we're going to touch both bases with him the vols have some midnight madness uh coming up and we will make a conzo omelet post game if the Vols celebrate a Conzo omelet but hour two is on the way as we continue John Adams presented by Jennifer Morris over at Keller Williams her website nextmovesmokymountains.com our next move is this and then this this is coach Trader's golf from Columbia Central High School football you are listening to 101.7 WKOM in Columbia Tennessee Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. And I'm Michael Parks Lawrence at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Together, we're Mr. Bobby Parks' grandsons, and we run his dealership, and we are glad to be part of our local community. Being family-owned and operated, we invest heavily in our community. We do things like sports teams, schools, bands, you name it. We try to help everybody we can. The reason why we do this is because we all love this community. So come do business with us, your neighbors, at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee, right off Nashville Highway, or at ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. 
Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, this is Steve, the Garbage Man. Y'all have heard me talk in the past about Packer, our mascot dog. Well, I have some sad news about Packer. She recently crossed over the Rainbow Bridge to join our other beloved pets of the past. Packer lived out her final days on our farm in Water Valley. She had a great 14 years of life after being rescued by Don from being thrown away as a pup in someone's garbage. Rest in peace, Packer. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hello, my name is Connor Mims. My wife Bradley and I live in Columbia, Tennessee in Riverside. I am a deck and porch builder and my wife is a second grade teacher at Riverside Elementary. My specialty is designing and building elegant and comfortable porches and decks. Let me work with you to design and build the porch or deck of your dreams. Give us a call today from our website, MimsModernLandscape.com. That's MimsModernLandscape.com and check out what we have to offer. Thanks. This is Trey Adcock with Dixie Equipment Sales and Rental. We sell ASV and Wacker Noisen equipment. We also rent a wide variety of compact equipment in the Middle Tennessee area. Come see us. We are located in Columbia, Tennessee at 200 East 16th Street. You can call us at 615-969-0118 or visit our website at www.dixiediesel.com. We have been in business for over 42 years and we would love to help you turn your project into reality. It's a memory-making time of year. This is Murray County Mayor Sheila Butt. Many years ago, as a little girl, I remember my mother receiving several packages in the mail. That was odd at our house. It was just a couple of weeks before Christmas. She put them away. I learned later that my dad had won a catalog shopping spree by selling the most cars the previous month. We were five young children and had just moved to Nashville from Illinois. It had been a tough year. About three days before Christmas, my mother started bringing out the toys one at a time. I remember her sheer delight as she presented each one to us. You see, we didn't know what was in the packages, but mother did. And she couldn't wait to give the toys to us. I know now that the true joy was in the giving. I hope during this holiday season and in the new year that every one of us will experience the true joy of giving whatever we have to give. From our house to yours, I wish you a very merry, merry Christmas and a joy-filled, prosperous new year. Here, it's Rubik's Groove at the Mule House in Columbia. Rubik's Groove is your premier outside of the box 80s, 90s, and aughts tribute band. 
featuring a high-energy, character-driven performance. You're not going to want to miss this one. Rock, pop, hip-hop, characters, costumes, and videos. For tickets and more information, go to TheMuleHouse.com. That's TheMuleHouse.com. See you on New Year's Eve. This is Jack Cobb with Murray County Public Schools and the Big Yellow School Bus. You're listening to Front Porch Radio on 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee. Are you guys, uh, as we welcome you back, it's hour number two. John, how fired up are we? We got a million things to talk about today, John. How much fun is this right now? But think about it, Tony. We've got recruiting signing class coming up. We've got uh, basketball cranked up pretty good. You've got uh, all the bowl games, and our main topic has been transfers. That's that's the world in which we function now. It's transfers, 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 Trump, transfers, Trump. It's crazy. Let's go to our phones. Without further ado, our newsmaker hotline. Joining us now, he uh, is part of the On3 network. He covers NC State. And you know, the interesting thing is we were going to bring Noah Fleischman in to talk about Tennessee's battle with NC State Saturday night, which is going to be a late night. He's with the Wolfpack. Uh, Wolfpacker is the site uh, on three. Uh, shout out to my man Brant Packer and uh, and his brother over in the Carolinas over on the ACC network. But Brant used to intern with me back in the day, and we reconnected recently. I've been doing uh, working with NC NBC Sports all these years. Noah Fleischman, I bring you in against the backdrop, man, that there's a million things swirling around. We're going to talk some hoops, but let's, let's, go to, let's go to football here first. And the transfer yesterday, as I welcome you in, and I hope you're well, um, what about the quarterback addition that NC State made out of the portal? Your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, they brought in uh, Grayson McCall from Coastal Carolina, who obviously is a pretty good player at the, at the group of five level, and he won you know three straight Sun Belt Player of the Year awards through for ten thousand yards. I think he's a guy who NC State brings in, and you know he can make this team I think a lot better. I think he raises their ceiling for what was already you know a pretty high floor that they're going to walk into next year. So turns them into a team that might have a you know an outside chance at getting into that twelve team playoff now. So you consider this team to be one with his addition that could have 12-team playoff aspirations? Yeah, I think that they, they could finish you know, and play well and you know, make the ACC title game and have a shot at the, the 12-team playoff. I think that's kind of where their ceiling is now with him rather than maybe bringing in somebody else. John Adams of my Knoxville yeah. News Sentinel. Yeah, no, um, obviously that was a big addition and a much-needed addition. Uh Tough losing your linebacker. I assume he's going pro. Uh, what a great player Peyton uh, Wilson is. Uh, overall, do you think NC State will be better next year? I think offensively they'll be better. Defensively, they usually always have a really good defense as long as Tony Gibson's been around as the, the D coordinator. You know, linebacker's going to be an interesting spot to fill with Peyton Wilson. You know, he was named a unanimous All-American today. Um, so he's obviously big shoes to fill. But offensively, they weren't that great. I mean, they averaged, I think, 25 points a game this year, and they're going to be able to score a lot more, I think, next year with Grayson McCall coming in with the freshman class that they've signed. And then, you know, their best player this year was a freshman wide receiver, so he's only going to get better from, from what he was able to do this season. How much does your saying off the top, which I think will catch a lot of Tennessee fans by surprise when you say, hey, his addition could make 
it possible for NC State to vie to get in that 12-team playoff field next year. How much does does that come down to the fact that you're, you're playing in the Atlantic Coast Conference and and the league is pretty navigable right now? How much does that come into your equation, into your thinking there? A lot. I mean, you look at it this year, NC State had a down year in their terms. They were 4-3 and three at the bye. They, they closed on a, you know, a nice winning streak to, to end the season. Um, next year, their ACC schedule they have is not hard at all. I think you know the hardest game they'll play is probably at Clemson. Other than that, it should be a pretty winnable schedule. And so, if you can look at it and say, you know, Tennessee and Clemson are the two hardest games on the schedule. After that, they have a chance to win. You know, the other ten, pretty. You know, I think they'll be favored going to the other ten. So that alone, I think, makes it you know an opportunity for them to make that twelve team playoff. I mean, this year they were one win away from making the ACC championship game. They just lost to, to Louisville 13 to 10 early in the year, which was not a pretty game and ended up, you know, costing them at the end of the year. No doubt about it. And the, the thing that's really interesting about, um, when you start looking at these leagues and everything else is this whole transfer portal deal, you know, and who has what and who doesn't have what yesterday, the schedules came out here. We jumped on the air last night. Cause I mean, I guess we don't work enough, but um, we we got on here for like an hour and sort of chopped it up. One of the things that came to mind was Tennessee plays Oklahoma at the end of September or toward the end of September. Oklahoma's entire offensive line right now is in the transfer portal from last year now or from this past season. Now, is that a function of they're trying to negotiate? Is that a function of they're not going to have any linemen? Uh, you know, and – it's just so hard to think about college football and to think ahead when you don't know what each individual team's going to have. How active are those ACC teams in the portal thus far? Pretty active. NC State's been, you know, bringing in guys left and right on visits. They've got, you know, a few more coming this weekend. They went five for six so far in commitments from last weekend's visits. They've got a bunch of guys coming in this weekend as well. So most of, most of the teams around the ACC, you know, are losing decent number of players they got to go into the portal and, and replace them you know nc state is up to 19 gone but i think only you know handful actually played meaningful snaps this year so it's, it's going to be interesting but I, yeah a lot of the acc teams are, are you know playing in the portal a little bit and trying to, to bolster them i mean clemson a team that historically doesn't take transfers is is playing around in the transfer portal and trying to trying to pick up some offensive linemen so i think that tells you where it is if, if davos Sweeney taking a stab at it you know that most of the league is as well. So it's just so such a crazy time because we have all these different sports swirling around, and you had that ruling yesterday. Um, I understand that NC State has a kid that was a part of this whole deal waiting on whether or not I'm going to be eligible. I, I think the kid's name is Cam Woods. Is he going to be eligible to play Saturday night? And are they going to plug him in and let him play? Can you can you delve into that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, there was a, a court ruling yesterday in West Virginia. You know, two West Virginia players are trying to become eligible, and, and you know, their, their attorney generals, you know, sued the NCAA. And, you know, North Carolina's attorney general jumped in on that, too, and ended up, you know, getting a 14-day, you know, basically saying, well, everyone's eligible. But it's kind of, you know, still up in the air whether or not um, – if you play now and then it gets overturned at the end of the month, is that going to cost people's eligibility or not for next year? Um, so they're kind of trying to figure that out. The NCAA has told 
some media, like national media, that no won't hurt, but schools haven't been told anything by the NCAA yet. So Cam Woods, I don't know if he'll play this weekend. It's up in the air. NC State didn't have a comment on it yesterday. Um, but he's a guy who has transferred twice, applied for a waiver, had it denied in November. They appealed. They haven't heard back on the appeal, but this ruling could open up the door for him. And he's a guy who transferred from North Carolina A&T most recently and, you know, averaged 17 points last year. So if he can play, wow. it can be a big, you know, boost for them. What's ironic is Tennessee's attorney general is one of the, I think there were seven others that mm-hmm. signed off on that. Uh, which kind of kicked that legislation in the court uh, that that they put so much so much elbow room behind it. It would be pretty ironic if that kid went out there and had a good game against the Vols Saturday night, or they threw him in there and he hit a couple of shots, and then we're mad at our attorney general for uh, getting involved in a case up in West Virginia. Um, tell me about NC State's ball club so far and this team that Tennessee is going to see. Yeah, they're a deep team. They've played nine to ten guys, you know, most nights. Um, you know, they're led by DJ Burns, who, who started his career at Tennessee yes. um, as a big, you know, forward there. And, you know, they're a veteran group. They brought in a total of eight new guys this year, seven transfers, and only have one true freshman on the roster. And But Dennis Parker Jr. is the true freshman. He started last game. He's averaging, you know, close to seven points in just 20 minutes. So he's playing well. But overall, it's a really deep team that it's kind of, trying to figure out rotations a little bit. And, you know, with so many transfers, so many guys that have played college basketball before, basically anyone that comes off the bench can can hit shots. And they've struggled at times with slow starts, and I think that's going to be the biggest thing to watch against Tennessee is if if they get another slow start, it might be a long night for NC State. I Listen, I, I don't know what to expect Saturday night because they're playing this game in San Antonio for some stupid reason. Rick Barnes got rubbed into this thing because he's trying to do a solid for Jerry Colangelo. They assumed when they saw Baylor was on this triple header that it was Baylor men, which would have been a drawn a bunch of fans anyway. It's the Baylor women. I believe Ole Miss and California men play uh, in the game before NC State and Tennessee. And Tennessee is going there under the premise that there's going to be about 75 people in that NBA arena when they tip the game off north of 10.30 Eastern time, which, you know, it's one thing, like you were talking about, uh, we were talking off the air and you were saying, well, NC State had this deal in Vegas. and It's one thing when you play in some of those holiday tournaments and you're playing in smaller gyms. When you're playing in a big NBA arena and there's like 50 people there and you have to generate your own juice, um, it really makes those games... Like, who wants to be there more? Who's more interested? Who was out on the town the night before? I mean, these become really strange basketball games at that point, don't they, Noah? They do. I mean, in Las Vegas, you know, NC State played Vanderbilt in their first game there, and there was nobody in that arena. It was a small arena, but still, I think it was kind of, you know, bring your own energy and make it happen. Yeah. NC State came out with a win, and now and then they played BYU the next night, and BYU had a big crowd in Vegas and made it hard and the Cougars had to come back in the second half. So I think it will come down to, you know, bringing your own energy with the bench and things like that to, you know, get teams behind them. So it'll definitely be interesting. No, Fleischman, Wolfpacker is the site. They're part of the On3 network. Noah, um, you mentioned DJ Burns before. He was oil and water with Rick Barnes when they were here. He's never He was never going to be a Rick Barnes player. He's kind of a funny-looking guy because he's sort of, you know, sort of heavy. And he looks like he gets winded from time to time when he's out on the court. Um, 
but you know, I was sort of writing about him and looking at him for the blog this week and talking to people that know this guy's a really don't judge your book by the cover skilled offensive basketball player, isn't he? He is. I mean, I think he's NC State's best passer on the team. Interesting. Um, he's he's really good at passing. He draws a lot of double teams and he's able to pass out of it and find the open guy. I mean, you talk about him just being a you know interesting looking guy. I mean, you wouldn't you wouldn't look at him and think he plays thirty minutes a night, but he averages twenty eight point seven minutes a night right now. You know, he can be their leading scorer. Um, he's really good, and he's you know played for them well last year has kind of a more increased role this year on the offensive end of, of kind of scoring and getting to the basket. They want to get to him early, kind of set the tone, and I think against Tennessee with a motivated DJ Burns, they'll definitely try to run through him early in the game. John, no, you you mentioned transfers for NC State. Uh, obviously, the Wolfpack's been very active in the portal football, basketball. How robust an NIL program does collective, rather, does uh, NC State seem to have? Yeah, they have two. They have Savage Wolves and Pack of Wolves. And Savage Wolves is more of a football, you know, based and, and aimed collective. And then Pack of Wolves is aimed at every sport on campus, you know, specifically, you know, football, men's basketball, women's basketball. And they, they do a good job at fundraising. They do a good job at, um, you know, getting money in and being able to distribute it to their players. So um, it's definitely, I think, something that surprised me, you know, coming in and seeing, you know, how well they were doing NIL wise, obviously not as well as, you know, some, some bigger programs around the country, but for the size of a program that NC State has both football and, and basketball wise, it's doing well. I mean, was at a NIL collective event for basketball and they raised, I think, you know, 400,000 in three hours. So what? that tells you kind of what they, what they are able to do. Wow. 400 grand. And a Mike Carver, eat your heart out. From the uh, from some of his tailgates of past lore, and he's a pretty good fundraiser. Old Mike Carver is. There's Noah Fleischman joining. I want to ask you one more question about Burns. So he had a quote, and you saw it uh, regarding. Uh, and I forget the. Act, I don't have the quote in front of me, but you kind of get the sense that this is sort of a prove it game for him with Rick Barnes. Um, that there's probably not a lot of love loss there. Uh, is that accurate? And do you think this this will be a prove it game for him? I think anytime somebody plays their their old school, there will be. I mean, I talked to him after the game, you know, earlier this week, and asked him about playing Tennessee. He's excited. He was trying to play it off and saying, you know, it's another team, but you know, you, there's definitely some excitement playing against the Volunteers and and doing it. He he kind of wishes it was either at in Raleigh or or in Knoxville. He doesn't really like that it's being played on a neutral floor, but. I think he's excited to, to have a chance to, to play his old team again. Yeah, he's classic looking. I mean, people are going to people that don't see NC State or haven't seen him. I, I, I we followed him when he was over there uh, at Winthrop and and sort of watched him there as well. But um, he looks like he's in better shape than he was at Winthrop. They've gotten some weight off of him, huh? Yeah, he talked about it coming into the year. He he lost a few pounds, but he'd also talked about you know it's it's more than just losing weight. It's about being able to you know have the endurance to play and, and yeah. things like that. He's worked on that over the off season. It's paid off for the most part. Obviously, no matter who's on the court, you're going to get tired for playing 30 minutes of basketball. But you know he he plays well. Um, he's also worked on fouling. You know, lack of fouling. I guess he he got in foul trouble a lot last year. This year, he's been improved and not getting in as much foul trouble. Um, which also helps keep him on the floor a little bit longer, too. Noah, do you watch a lot of hoops? Like, last night I was watching the Louisville game on the ACC Network. 
and over on ESPN Plus. I don't know if you've paid attention to the eyesore that is Louisville, um, but I just can't figure out how this guy Kenny Payne has his job today. Yeah, I turned that game on in the second half. Classic. It was hilarious, wasn't it, Noah? It, it was not good. I'll tell you that much. I mean, you know, the, the the broadcasters are talking about how you know Louisville doesn't look like they're putting any effort in Thank on you. defense, which they weren't. Thank you. I mean, you know, Arkansas State. You know, before I covered NC State, I covered James Madison, which plays in the Sun Belt Conference. So I watched Arkansas State a year ago, and they're not a very good program. I mean, they're up and coming. They have a new coach this year. Um, he came from Alabama. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, they were getting easy drives to the basket against a Louisville team that really looks like it's checked out by now, and. Unfortunately for them, they've got Kentucky in a couple couple of days. I think so. It's not going to be. No, they were. No, that that. Arkansas State team was like two and seven, coming in the last night. Three and seven. Thank you. Sorry. Thank you. And Tim Welch was calling the game, who used to coach at Virginia, and he screamed into the microphone twice. These guys don't respect the game. And then at one point, he said they look uncoached. Which I think, John Adams, when a guy screams into a microphone, these guys don't respect it. He just couldn't take it anymore. He goes, no, was he not saying things like, this is a disgrace to the sport of basketball? Was he not saying things like that, Noah? <laughs> yeah, he definitely wasn't pleased to be watching watching Lou. I think the only thing that saved him was it seemed like it was a remote broadcast, so he wasn't sitting courtside at least. <laughs> oh, that's very good. Okay, so he wasn't – he probably was thinking to himself, thank God I didn't <laughs> have to travel to this gym and watch these kids go through the motions. Noah, if folks want to follow your work or interact with you, how do they do so? And I appreciate your time. Yeah, I appreciate it. You can find me on Twitter at Fleischman underscore Noah, or you can just come over to the Wolfpacker.com. We have message boards and stuff over there. You can interact with us, and and it's a fun time. So I appreciate you guys having me on this afternoon. Thank you. Great talking to you, my friend. As uh, Noah Fleischman, one more time, wolfpacker.com, a part of the On3 network, and uh, he was certainly a delightful young man. I want to encourage anybody, anybody that gets the opportunity to watch Louisville when they're on, please watch them. That is one of my favorite developing stories I love Louisville. Let me tell you something. Kenny House of Pain. Brian, has he been <laughs> fired today? And I'm being serious. Because the guy literally uh, should have gotten fired last night on the floor, walking to the tunnel, a la Pat Hayden, meeting Lane Kiffin on the tarmac. It was one of those deals. No, what? I haven't seen that he's got fired. And how fast would Brandon Huntley Hatfield run back to Knoxville if he could? You think? Well, he's got two weeks. He can transfer anywhere. So I'll tell you this about how's, how's he? How's he doing up there? Because Louisville would be. I'm not kidding. They'd yeah. be better off with Wade Houston coaching them right now. Matt, he literally had like 19 or 20 points last night. Okay, he looks really interested on offense. I have never seen a guy not try on defense like him. I know why now. It, they it had, was, Arkansas State was doing a layup drill the entire game. Matt, it's one of the funniest things. At one point, I called uh, I called my boy C, and I said, you got to turn this on. He goes, no, no, I'm watching it. And I'm texting with my buddies. And, and we're sitting there watching this, and Hunley Hatfield's guy comes out and picks the other man, okay? Hunley Hatfield does not rotate over. His guy goes in for a wide-open jam, like a power slam. It's a guard. 
like a 6-4 guard just goes down the lane unencumbered. That's when that Tim Welsh guy screams into his microphone, these guys don't even respect putting their uniforms on. They don't even respect being out here. They don't even respect the game. I mean, he just couldn't stop himself. Because he, he, from to that point, he was sort of holding his um, – he, he was kind of keeping his powder dry. But those former coaches, they just freak. They just freak out when they've had – and I think it's some of the greatest stuff ever. I, I want to encourage anybody to watch. As long as Kenny Payne's there, you know, uh, Louisville basketball, you must pay attention to it. Trust me when I tell you this. It is comical watching. <laughs> the SEC for the Network yes. has, has so many more energetic people breaking down basketball than the ACC Network does, in my opinion. Say Jim Boheim is over there literally about to go to sleep when he's on there what is uh what he's is on tv <laughs> why Bayham on tv really yeah yes oh, lord i bet he's why is uh, what what is kentucky going to do to louisville whatever they want probably yeah yeah, yeah. It, d- it depends on what cal's relationship with kenny payne is if they don't want to beat them, if they want to beat them by 10, what? they'll beat them by 10, and they won't ever look like they're going to lose doing it. Wasn't Kenny on his staff at one time, Matt, or am I imagining that? Yeah, yeah, he, co- yes. he, coached, the, he coached his bigs for a while. That's so I depending on what their relationship is, will we'll de- we'll define how, how and, out of hand that game gets. And I'm not trying Kentucky to you know, can beat them by 50 points. Kenny Payne looks like Wade Houston over there when they show him on the bench. He's got that. Oh, that's offensive to Wade. Well, no, he's got that cold, dark, and yesterday look in his eyes, and he just looks like, <laughs> what am I doing here? Literally, like, what You could, What am I doing you here? You could see Kenny Payne getting on a bus with Kentucky go back to Lexington after that game. Brian, I'm telling you right to now. To his old job. Kentucky, no, they wouldn't take him back. They were down 19 points to a three-win, three-and-seven basketball team last night from Arkansas State. Did you see where that kid transferred? That, that they said was, I think, um, they said he was transferring or something, or and it, it turns out he'd been kicked off, and then he had to come out and say, "No, I'm not he, transferring." Yeah, he's the guy that was that was there? sitting in. The, he's the guy that was sitting in the. He was sitting in the stands last night. He's the one that they said didn't have the tights that one game, Brian, that we talked about post game. Oh, he, really? He's okay. the he's the recruit who nobody had any film on. Like, he came from some, like, random JUCO, and he wasn't, like, he didn't even have a recruiting profile, which is unheard of today. John, are like, you nobody's for against ever Kenny seen the Payne? kid play a game. I'm so for Kenny Payne, John. I can't. John, they had a kid yesterday that they announced was in the transfer portal. Kenny Payne's staff did. The kid came uh-huh. out on social media and said, I am not in the transfer portal. <laughs> I am here. I am playing. I'm a part of this team. He was in the stands stands last night. And he sat in the stands last night. There was nobody sitting near him. I mean, literally, it was downstairs seated. Nobody was John, their home game last night, literally, and I mean this, okay? Matt, 500 people. How many people were there? I think I saw Chris Burke courtside. Less than 1,000 for sure. They They need to play that Georgia Southern team. Louisville basketball, John. How do you do that to Louisville basketball? Think about that. How do you do that? It was such a great program under Denny Crumbs. Had so many, so many highs, well, so Rick many Patino good players. And yeah, and Patino and too Hack was there for a while. Patino, Patino. Well, they won did. the national title ten years ago. Hello. I mean, it, I guess the banner's taken down, but they still won it. 
865-200-5402. Now we're in the NIL era. They need to put all those banners back up for all these people. And Matt, our Elite Eight banner got taken down. Our Orphan Elite Eight banner got taken down. Would you guys like the inside word on that? Because I'll give it to you. Uh, I'm glad it did. Rick Barnes went to them and said, take that stupid-looking banner down. I'm sick of looking at it. I'm just, I'm just glad they took the NIT appearances banner down long before he got here. John, that uh, that Orphan Elite Eight banner they used to have up there. By the way, i got to ask John one thing. In your paper, Cora Hall, I think is the lady's name that covers Lady Vol. Is that correct? That's correct, right? Yes. She wrote a piece about how the Lady Vol... Charlie Cream's quoted as saying, if the tournament started tomorrow, they would not even be in the field? What is... Yeah. How is that... Again, I'm back to Louisville basketball. How is that possible? That just doesn't seem possible, does it, John? No, uh, but it's the reality of it. Um, Tennessee right now uh, in women's basketball is just uh, doesn't have a presence. It's uh, it's not a factor. However, it's playing without Rakia Jackson, who's one of the best players in the country. When she returns, I think Tennessee will uh, pick it up. I still would bet on Tennessee making the NCAA women's tournament. But the team it's put on the floor in recent weeks has just been awful. I can't think of three worse games in secession than it blew a uh, it blew a 16-point lead on its home floor to Notre Dame. It was unreal. Got blown away by Ohio State. That looked as Ohio State pressed the entire game, and unreal. Tennessee looked as though it had never seen a press. Unreal. And then it goes on the road in in Huntsville. I'm not sure why that game was even held, but. but it loses to uh, MTSU. It had never lost to MTSU in the history of its program. So, yeah, those three Does, games back to in secession were, were pretty abysmal. Is it, it's, it's a problem, though, to be dependent on one player like they are. That, well, of that's course, be yeah. That's a problem because you can't – she's so, so far in, and she just doesn't have a, a good enough team to withstand the absence of one player. That's not good, I don't think. Well, no. I mean, a couple of years ago, UConn went to the Final Four without its best player. Yeah, I mean, you've got to you got to have more well, than one player. Players get hurt all the time, miss games, and all that. But yet, their teams don't just totally disappear a lot of the times. So, two well, things I want to recommend to anybody: Louisville basketball when they're on, and Caitlin Clark when she's on. Two things I recommend to anybody right now: Louisville men's ball. For entirely different reasons, by the way. For entirely different reasons. I checked the schedule since you've been so vehement about this. Uh, Pepperdine plays at Louisville at 1 p.m. Sunday. Five and seven Pepperdine against four and six Louisville at 1 p.m. It's on the ACC network. And my understanding is that Pepperdine team, they're right around where Louisville is in those Ken Palm. We were looking at it last night. Louisville's like was like 275 or some crazy <laughs> thing. And <laughs> no, I think it's You're 175, right. I actually. Mean, how is it? But how is that a, possible? A program, with, a program with that tradition, that size arena, uh, in a city like that, uh, how is that possible? Bad coaching. Are that they that will like, always do it. Coaching will They're going always up against do it. NFL games. Do you think they'll get 50 people at that game? Brian, last night's game, 
Matt is telling you the truth. Might have had 600 people there. You think a lot of people will leave church and head out uh, and say prayers for Louisville basketball and then head out to the arena and watch it take on uh, Pepperdine in that uh, 1 o'clock tip-off? As we continue on the other side, and then the week after that, it's that Kentucky game. And like uh, like these guys had to say, said, that people better hope. And by the way, Matt Dixon, great job by you the other night taking on that Kentucky stray that jumped in there and clapped at us for, for some, the way for some we reason, played. Brian left him on way too long. Well, Brian needs to learn. Brian's too nice. See, I have the power of the button when I'm in here, and I use. But power. in the past, you've told me, in the past, you've told me Brian's not that nice. This is Trip Stoltz with Columbia Ace Hardware. I love listening to 101.7 WKOM FM, Columbia, Tennessee. Celebrate you with a new vehicle from Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia. We have a huge selection of new vehicles waiting for you. We're talking cars, trucks, and SUVs. And if you're in the business of selling your vehicle, we've got you covered. We'll buy from you even if you don't buy from us. At Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia, we're locally owned and operated and proud to serve our community as the largest CDJR dealership in Tennessee. Find your new ride today when you visit Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia. Hi, it's Terry from Tillish Jewelry, your festive gift destination this Christmas. Unwrap the magic with our natural diamond earrings starting at an incredible $99. Yes, you heard it right, $99. Picture the joy of discovering these stunning gems in your stocking. But there's more. Explore our brand new diamond pendants and dazzling stack rings at fantastic prices. Make this season unforgettable with Tillish Jewelry. Come see us on the Columbia Square, where the gift is wrapped with elegance. Tillish Jewelry, making your Christmas sparkle brighter. Happy Holidays. Do you suffer from knee pain? Is it painful to walk or perform your day-to-day activities? If so, we have great news at the Dr. Gill Center. We can relieve your knee pain fast and easy with no downtime and no surgery. The FDA has approved a new non-surgical treatment for knee pain, and it's covered by most major insurance, including Medicare. This treatment has helped millions of people across the nation. Call today to see if you qualify for a free consultation and get back to a pain-free life. 615-551-9224. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job at Fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today, 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at 10pin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. 
This is Mark Curry at the Trailer Store. We are a local, family-owned business. Every day, I work with my wife, Susie, my mother, Becky, and my son, Justin. We offer a full line of lawnmower trailers, utility trailers, stock trailers, and a full line of trailer parts. We also offer service. Come see us at 1021 New Lewisburg Highway. Call us at 931-381-2795. That's 931-381-2795. Hey, this is Trip Stoltz, owner and manager of Columbia Ace Hardware. Football season is here, and that means tailgating starts now. Come see us at 112 East James Campbell Boulevard and let us help you get your backyard game ready. We are open Monday through Friday from 7 to 7 and on Saturday from 8 to 4. Go Vols! Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. I am Jack Blackstone. And I'm Emery Blackstone. Together, we are Greenway Tech Repair. Tired of slow computers, cracked phone screens, and fancy home electronics you don't know how to use? We can help. We provide local on-site services as well as remote troubleshooting for any job, no matter how large or small, from computers and laptops to mobile devices and home electronics. We Blackstone Brothers are eager to serve our community. Find us on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. That's on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. Hey, this is Seth Moss at Tennessee Valley Equipment, a premier FAE Prime Tech, Bandit, and Shearex dealer. We are your dealer for all of your land clearing and forestry mulching needs. We sell equipment, provide repair service, and parts along with a rental fleet of mulching equipment. We also offer mulching teeth, blades, and sharpening. Our number one priority is getting you up and running as quickly and affordable as possible. Tennessee Valley is located at 300 Santa Fe Pike in wonderful Columbia, Tennessee. Stop by or give us a call today at 931-981-9812. Don't let pain keep you out of the game. Murray Regional Physical Therapy's experienced team of therapists can help you recover from surgery, injury, or illness by designing a plan that meets your unique needs. We utilize state-of-the-art equipment and proven techniques to help you get back to doing the things you love. Schedule a consultation at any of our convenient Southern Middle Tennessee locations by calling 931-380-4014. Murray Regional Health, where clinical excellence meets compassionate care. Need a little extra cash for the holidays? From now until Christmas, Hiller Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electrical is giving you a $500 Visa gift card when you buy select new HVAC systems or receive a $250 gift card with a new tankless water heater. And upgrade now with monthly payments as low as $79. Visit happyhiller.com. Happy you'll be or the service is free. Call the Happy Face Truck today. Tuscaloosa, we live by the blue-collar basketball motto. Stepping back, deep three, bottom. Hard work. Two on one, driving, stepping through, tough shot, got it to go. Dedication. Front court to the rack. Oh! And teamwork. Play the song for the champions of the Southeastern Conference. Join us for every game right here on your home for Alabama basketball. Right here, Saturdays on WKOM 101.7 FM. Get ready for a shopping experience like no other at Old School Vapor. We carry a huge selection of disposables from Cato Bar, Viho, Raz, Lost Mary and Breeze. We've got it all. Enjoy a whopping 35% off your entire e-liquid purchase, 20% off everything else. Plus, discover the largest legal cannabis selection in the state. Along with a variety of Kratom, Kava, and Glass products, check us out at OldSchoolVapor.com. 
Debbie Matthews Realtor and her husband Jason, who is a pro songwriter, also own a music publishing company. They live in historic downtown Columbia with their dogs. Dog rescue work is their passion project. They consider Middle Tennessee their backyard and their lives are full of all things Tennessee. Debbie says there is no greater honor than to help someone find a home. To be trusted with that job, there is no greater privilege. Call Debbie at the Nashville Realty Group, 615-476-3224-615-476-3224. Join Center of Hope for the annual New Year's Eve Mule Drop in downtown Columbia. It all starts at 8 p.m. with the amazing Emerald Empire Band. Food trucks, a beer garden, axe throwing, and a cigar lounge will all be there. Hourly countdowns and toasts will lead up to the Mule Drop at midnight. The Mule Drop is free and family-friendly. Presented by Center of Hope. Sponsored by Experience Murray and Baxter Management. No live mules will be used at this event. This is Clayton Harris, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM Columbia. TB back with you as we welcome you back. John Adams presented by our good friend, and she's a great friend of the program, but uh, John uh, today is presented by Jennifer Morris over at Keller Williams. Next move, SmokyMountains.com. So, and we'll go back to the phones, 865-200-5402. There is a ton of things to talk about, so, and lines available. So we reopen our... TLD Logistics phone line, and I want to remind folks that our guest earlier appeared on the TLD Logistics phone line, online at tldlogistics.com, and let's see if we'll do a quick TLD Logistics overdrive overtime coming up as well. Perhaps we will. You know, we were looking at this schedule last night, John. To me, the key game for the Vols as to what kind of season we're going to have, our conversation with the gentleman from... Uh, over in uh, Raleigh, notwithstanding, is that Oklahoma game. I, I think it's a fair ex- ex- expectation for Tennessee fans to think you're going to win the NC State game over in Charlotte, North Carolina. Fair expectation. Vols probably be six, seven-point favorite, something like that. The Oklahoma game is going to be really interesting because it's going to be a highly emotional game for Josh Heupel. We had talked about this when it was first reported a few weeks back and leaked, John. The SEC did a smart thing here with Oklahoma's first um, game in the, in the conference, making it against the guy that won their last Heisman or their last uh, national championship there. And Tennessee hasn't been very good on the road in these true red games under Josh Heupel. But nobody's really great outside of Georgia and Alabama in these road games. John, I think that game, kind of like the Georgia or the uh, Florida game in recent years, sets up exactly the same. It is almost like that is the Florida game this year. The Florida game of 2023 is exactly what the Oklahoma game of 2024 is. To me, it's like a doorway game, John. Your thoughts? Yeah, but I probably didn't see the Florida game uh, that way uh, in preseason. I just didn't think Florida was very good. Uh, so from that, but I think it's uh, it will be very revealing because a, a road game that Tennessee has struggled, as you mentioned, as so many teams have. 
Oklahoma breaking in a new quarterback, Jackson Arnold, be grateful. Tennessee fans can be grateful to Dylan Gabriel's not still running that offense. But I think Oklahoma will be a slight favorite in that game. I don't think he'll be a very large favorite. And, and oh, I'm not sure how good OU will be. But yeah. Well, you know, uh, Jalen Milrow is returning for, to Alabama next year. What? Is that breaking news? Where Brian? did. As, where yeah, did as anybody think? Where, where, where was he going? So he announced he's coming back. Yeah. <laughs> How about that, John? He's coming back. That makes him a dangerous yeah, opponent. I, I now. thought he was. I thought he was going to transfer to Auburn. I'm glad he's sticking around for their their playoff game. Interesting, that, Dixie. What is oh, what, what is that going on there? Brian for his breaking leaving. news. Brian's breaking news over here. Jalen Melrose returning. Why do you guys sne- sneeze at Brian's breaking news, John? Where was he going to go? I mean, he had a great year, but he's far from being a polished quarterback uh, ready for the NFL. Not even a little bit. If he keeps improving, he'll he'll be a first-round draft pick one day. Yeah, he, he'll be the Heisman favorite going into the next season. None of this for you guys can and will be held against you, all right? We're just going to do this for our own amusement only because the schedule came out. and it's Because you don't even know who, who's going to have what by the time we get there. But let's just have some fun on here, okay? Chattanooga games a win. The Vols are 1-0. One, one uh, NC State over in Charlotte, despite what our guest said, he believes that uh, NC State has visions of being a back, you know, a back end of the playoffs next year, which maybe they are in that league. Maybe they can afford to lose to the Vols and and still get to a playoff. I don't know. I'm putting that down as a, as a win for the Vols, John. Yeah, I would do. I would too. What would you guys would say the line on that game would be? I was just thinking about it out loud. Five. Four or five? Yeah, four Tennessee. five. Yeah, five th- yeah. Uh, three yeah. to five by Tennessee. Kent State and Knoxville is a win, unless you guys want to tell me something about the Flashes, a.k.a. the Zips back in the day. No, the 200. They, hey, think about this. Yeah. Tennessee will, in a, te, uh, that's the third game. So in no. a four game span, Tennessee will have played the worst offense in FBS. Yes. And the second to worst offense in FBS, which Kent State was this season. Let's hook now secondaries up to it. <laughs> Oklahoma in Norman. John, when I would say draw. Oklahoma would be a three point favorite. Um, Tennessee win and losing or drawn from an expectation standpoint. We're just doing this real quick. I here. think it might be a little higher than three points, though. Not well, much higher. I tell you what. We'll get a we'll get a little more insight into that game when we see Oklahoma in the bowl game because Jackson Arnold, its freshman quarterback, yeah. who unlike Nico played more this season, yes, and uh, he's going to he yeah he's going to be the guy next season. Matt, what the heck's uh, up with all their offensive linemen being in the portal? What are we doing here? What what's going on? Uh, well, the, Jeff Levy, their OC, is at Mississippi State now, and Gabriel's in the portal. So I don't, I don't know. That that's that's kind of, that is interesting. We need to dig a little deeper on that. But I'm just glad that this game is like the fourth game for each team. So so you can, you can at least see what each team has and have a good idea of it. You know, I I'm not a huge fan of the the opening game, like having a huge game to open the season because teams change so much after the first month or so. 
So uh, at least we'll have an idea of both of these teams. But right now, I would probably lean that that's a loss. Okay. So Matt's leaning loss. What are you leaning for the Vols there, John? I would probably say a loss. Brian? I'd have to say loss right now, too. All right. So the Vols are coming out of uh, that one. They're going to be three and one. Arkansas and Fayetteville has been a house of horrors for the Vols. They've won one of their last five there, according to my calculations. Um, surely that's a win, right? Can't lose yeah, to that has team. To be. That guy's on fumes. Yeah. He, well, and Arkansas has a bye week after that game. I'm going to predict that's Sam Pittman's last game as Arkansas's head coach. Bobby Petrino becomes interim, yep. and at the end of the season, he's coronated as uh, yep. Bobby Petrino, the head coach. The sequel. And Pittman's got to know, right? I mean, it's, I'm surely he jokes around, but hey, would you hire me after they fire me? Um, and Petrino <laughs> might oh, do he, that. Pittman's he's a good offensive said, line. When he get, if yeah. he gets fired, he's just going to live off his lake house in Arkansas. That he's, He'll be done coaching. Florida in Knoxville. This might be the worst Florida team since 1989 before Spurrier That's got what we there. thought last year. I think he'll be worse than last year. It's already lost. Uh, Ten guys. I mean, Trevor Etienne is in the transfer yeah. portal. Yeah. I know it has Montreal Johnson. I mean, it had a good yeah. one-two punch there, and it has another good, run, decent running back. But Etienne is a big-time player, and then it lost its uh, princely, uh, add a bunch of consonants yes. as their premier pass rusher. In fact, the crystal ball is crystal balling him to Ole Miss – uh, Matt Zenitz of 247 is crystal balling that guy, Princely. Second team All-SEC selection. 11 tackles for loss this year. Seven sacks on a Florida Gator team that did very little else. One of the playmakers. And if Ole Miss can add him, I mean, Lane Kiffin's doing work in the portal here. He always does, and he's he's saved his defense. I wow. remember how bad it was if you did. Of course, it was pretty bad against LSU this year, but he's helped it with uh, – getting better players in there through the transfer portal. So that's a win but, for the uh, balls. And Etienne, Etienne yep. is going uh, supposedly uh, leaning toward Georgia right now. So Tennessee is now 5-1. and one. Alabama is up next. You know what we neglected to talk about last night, and I did in the blog as well? Tennessee and Alabama play back-to-back, and it's an afterthought. I mean, uh, Florida and Alab- Tennessee plays Florida and Alabama back-to-back, and it's an afterthought. That's how bad Florida is. It's an yeah. afterthought. Think how many times in the last uh, 30 years since divisional play began in 1992 in the SEC. If you'd have said, are you kidding me? Wow. Tennessee's got to play Florida and Alabama back to back. How Vols? could that even happen? Yeah, and how could and you And now do it's, that? Uh, it's a pretty good setup for the Alabama game. It's a warm-up game, Matt. Yeah, you, some some would call it a borderline layup the Gators in Knoxville this year, but I guess I was leaning towards win. But with Brian, with Brian's breaking news that Jalen Miro is apparently returning to Alabama next year, I'm going to lean loss on that one. Right? Why now. are you guys ripping poor Bry? I mean, well, he, you know, I'm not breaking real. news. It's breaking leave. news. A man put out on his socials today no. that he's coming back. It's breaking news. No, I, I credit with Brian with be, being uh, uh, a great trending reporter and picking up on that fact. The shocking part was that why would anybody think Jalen Milrow is uh, is leaving? He's 
he had a great season after a rocky a nice start, player. and uh, he's got a ways to go as a quarterback, obviously. John, um, another thing I like about the schedule this year, and we were talking about this last night, I love the double buy, double off week. Oh, I'm a proponent of always having two buys. Totally agree. I, I think, look, they, uh, the, the sport's harder than it's ever been. These leagues are now concentrated. When you talk about the Big Ten and this league, they ought to start the schedule a week earlier to cut this week zero nonsense out, and they ought to put two off weeks in the schedule. Every Give your fans a break, a couple weekends to travel, relax, go see the smell the flowers, all that stuff. Give people doing Garza Law fifth quarter fan reaction a chance to catch their breath so that their brains aren't scrambled by the time they get to December and they're yelling into their microphone like a madman. They, I, I, uh, I think it makes the sport better, John, has spacing oh, yeah, it out sure a little bit. I think every four or five years the schedule sets up where you can have two buys because Thank you. there's an extra Saturday between Thank August you. and November. Thank you, but we're talking about moving. You can just move the schedule up yeah. those other years. You stick, to, you stick to tracking Jalen Milrow. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern middle Tennessee, WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia.